Well, we have a topic in a super sensitive area today. So we're going to be really, really gentle, but we're going to be challenging you to do some serious thinking about your self-image and the expectations you're bringing related to that, to your sexual intimacy. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey everybody, this is episode number 88, and we're going to be talking about how body image, body shame, and body mass index, as in our weight, affects sexual functioning. And we're also going to be looking at how the surrounding issues of cultural self-objectification of women, we'll unpack what that means, and social media and pornography use affect body image and self-esteem, which in turn have negative effects on sexual functioning. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a stressful topic for me. Mm -hmm. And to be, uh, just to bring our listeners into the loop here, we, this is our second recording. (laughs) Yep, it is. Not because we fell apart, but because I didn't realize how stressed I was talking about this. But guys are walking on eggshells around this issue. And it's not, I don't mean to imply that women are freakish or anything by saying that. I just mean that, like, we know it's a hot topic. It's mm-hmm. very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said to you after the last thing, it, it almost feels like a mousetrap where, you know, it's just a tiny little bit of movement that triggers a whole bunch of energy related to this. <laughs> so. Yeah. I guess that isn't really funny. But No, and I'm not saying that to blame women as if they shouldn't be and they've got a problem. That's not where we're going. It's just where we're at. In our society yeah. and it comes into our marriages. So this is this is real stuff here today. And uh, the other thing we realized as we were recording, so I was going really fast because there's quite a bit in here. Mm-hmm. So we usually publish on Wednesdays. This time we're publishing on Tuesday for half and we're going to publish the other half on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Same week. So you won't have to wait too long, but we're going to split it into two episodes just so we can respect your time. All right. But it's going to be worth listening to both. I think so. Yeah. Let's start with the problem of sexual self-consciousness. Okay. So there's a wide range of research that supports the fact that holding a poor body image impacts my own sexual functioning negatively. So there are a number of theories out there as to why this happens, but one of the more prominent theories is the issue of sexual self-consciousness. Okay. Now, sexual self-consciousness is when your mind and thoughts are overly preoccupied with your body in a sexual context. Like when you're in a sexual context? Yeah. Okay. So when you're actually having sex, you're directing your attention towards your appearance and away from sexual pleasure, being in the moment, being connected with your spouse. Okay. It's all about your appearance. You get worried, right? And it takes you just away from enjoying the moment, from the sense of togetherness, from it takes you away from the connection because instead of being present with your spouse, you're focused on what you look like. Mm-hmm. Am I jiggling while we're doing this? Yeah. Does he think I'm too fat? He seems disinterested. Is it my body? Or why does he have his eyes closed? Yeah. Or maybe like you always turn the lights off to have sex because I don't want him to see me. Right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't want her to see me. And I think a lot of us husbands figure this out. Maybe not all. And even though I don't think I started off marriage as a super sensitive guy because I wasn't, I still had a lot to learn. Something clicked that was like, okay, I'm going to have to be really careful here at the start of my marriage to communicate acceptance toward your self-consciousness about your body image. Mm -hmm. Because I realized you were a lot more worried about your body than I was. Right. I think it's a big thing though. Like, you know, like on your wedding night, all of a sudden you're getting naked in front of somebody. Yeah. And if you you haven't been naked in front of anybody in years, like since my mom bathed me. Yeah. 
you know? And of the opposite gender. Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't like it's like freakish, I don't no, think. these are normal things that people experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost a universal issue for females. I'm guessing. I don't really know, but I think it's not so much for males. Like if I'm at the pool or whatever, I might suck it in because I don't like looking overweight, but... I don't ever remember the possibility of considering the possibility that you might not fully accept what I look like, especially in a sexual context. Okay. And so, you know, there's some gender differences here because of the socialization in our culture, which is what we're going to get into. Okay. Okay. So the researchers looked at this issue of sexual self-consciousness and here's what they found, which supports some of what I've just said. They found that women are significantly more likely to report appearance concerns than men. Okay. That kind of validates my point there. Yeah. Right? But there's, you know, there's something to note here that those appearance concerns were positively related to sexual problems for both men and women. So the gender difference mm-hmm. is that women had more concerns, yeah. but the gender similarity is that where the concerns were present, it led, it was often connected to sexual problems for both genders. And it didn't, yeah, it didn't matter what gender you were. Yes. If you had those concerns. Yes. Okay. Now the relationship between body shame, like being ashamed of my body and sexual pleasure and problems was governed by or mediated by sexual self-consciousness during physical intimacy. Let me just unpack this a little bit. Men's and women's body shame was related to greater sexual self-consciousness, which in turn predicted lower sexual pleasure and sexual arousability. That's just saying that there's a chain of thought that goes from shame about my body to self-consciousness about my body to actually experiencing reduced pleasure and arousability in my body. Hmm. So because of how I think about my physical appearance, I actually take myself away from the enjoyment of all that I could experience in it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sexual self-consciousness, another thing they found, affected men's and women's sexual arousability and pleasure to the same extent, but women's body shame was a stronger predictor of sexual self-consciousness. So there's a higher vulnerability in females to body shame. Being ashamed of my body. Yeah. And it just seems that body shame and sexual context, it affects both men and women in the same manner, but women are more susceptible, it's more common, they're more likely to be triggered into feeling sexually self-conscious. Okay. Okay. Which leads to the question, mm-hmm. why do women have such high levels of body shame? Yeah. All right. Now, body shame, and I probably should have defined this earlier, but it literally just means feeling ashamed of your body and physical appearance. Yeah. And... It comes from our culture's emphasis on women's beauty and physical appearance. And the emphasis on the beauty and the physical appearance, that leads to self-objectification, which is another term I need to define. Self-objectification, and objectification is actually a very useful term to understand in your, in your marriage, but it's the tendency to regard one's physical self primarily in terms of appearance and to adopt an outsider's perspective on the physical self. Now, if you think about your physical self, Verlinda, you can define that in terms of health. Mm-hmm. How healthy am I? You can define it in terms of self-care. What am I doing to take care of myself overall? Mm-hmm. In, a, in a broad spectrum of eating, fitness, all these different things. You can define your physical self in terms of how comfortable you are with yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. But all those things are hard. And the thing that gets chosen the highest is the appearance. Because my physical self has an appearance and all the marketing is about appearance. You were going to say something there. I was. I was thinking you had a term here about adopting an outsider's perspective yeah. on the physical self. Well, why is it that we choose like people out there that don't matter and their perspective on ourselves rather than like our spouses? Yes. If we're going to choose an outsider perspective, yeah. why do we write off our husband? Yes. Who's the one who's actually going to 
do the most with it and appreciate the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is the thing though, right? And That's the I, objectification. It is. But this is why this is not just some thing out there that we're talking about, but this is like really in marriage. Like it comes yeah. back into the bedroom. And that's why, that's why we need to talk about this. Okay. So, so just to pick up on the physical self piece, you know, fair enough, your physical self has an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like something, right? And all the marketing is about appearance, but we begin to buy into this idea that my physical self is entirely defined by my appearance rather than the healthier notion or the idea of asking myself if I just feel comfortable in my own skin. Like, am I accepting of myself? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so culture teaches women that their sexual partners are mostly concerned about their physical attractiveness. And even in the context of a marriage with Christian values, wives can carry the same belief that their husband is primarily concerned about their physical attractiveness. Mm-hmm. And this, it heightens this sense that physical appearance is of primary importance in our sexuality, but also it increases it in our day-to-day life as well. Oh, that's like huge it's social big. pressures. So, and yeah, and for what we're talking about here today, we could get really kind of mired down in the social and cultural stuff here, but I'm not trying to change culture at this point. I'm just interested in the marriage of our listeners. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening today, we need to acknowledge that there is this larger cultural influence, which says that women's, you know, even that women's social and economic outcomes depend on their physical appearance. Wow. Right. So there's this belief, like, do you, you know, the, what's those, the glossy magazines, hello, is it? And, Mm -hmm. or people. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's always good-looking couples together. They're the successful, wealthy ones, right? Mm-hmm. And, and most of them work on what we would think is an ideal body image. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And so that just begins to create this belief and this impression that if I want to do well socially and economically in this world, I better be good-looking. Hmm. Yeah, and if you go to like all the you know, wealthy businesses, mm-hmm. they don't put their overweight people at the front desk. Yeah. I mean, that's, wow. it's a harsh reality, right? Yeah. And, and so that's sad. But mm-hmm. in our marriage, this results in quite often wives showing more self-objectification than husbands. They're more likely to see themselves that same way too. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that men don't do this or whatever, right? But yep. it's just there, right? And that's the tendency to regard your physical self primarily in terms of acceptance and to look at yourself from this outsider's perspective. This is the self-objectification. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad, right? Now, it gets worse thanks to social media. But before we go there, our research assistant, Esther, has created a brilliant four-page worksheet that we'd like to email you a link to. And this worksheet steps you right through the whole body image dilemma. It really gives you a chance to pause and to think about the roles that all of this might be playing in your own life. And then it helps you plan out how you're going to break the grip of sexual self-consciousness and more. Wow. It's just a, an incredible tool she's created for conversation with your spouse and for your own personal growth. Male or female, I'm recommending that you get it. And you can get this by opening your browser to oif.link slash 88 or by texting the word podcast to 9292spouse. And once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292spouse or you can find this bonus on our website at oif.link slash 88. Okay, so I said we look at the impact of social media use on mm-hmm. sexual function. Now, all of this issue becomes more magnified, even more so, thanks to Facebook and Instagram and so on. Okay. So an article from this year, 2015, looking at men and women who had been using social media over the past six years, and they measured involvement in Facebook, body surveillance, appearance, self-worth, enjoyment of sexualization, body shame, and sexual assertiveness. All these things kind of together as it relates to social media. Here's what they found. Wow. Okay. 
higher levels of Facebook use for both men and women led to greater objectified body consciousness. Okay. Which led to greater body shame and decreased sexual assertiveness. Wow. So you're actually using Facebook. It's going to impede your assertiveness in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the link between objectified body consciousness and body shame was greater in magnitude for women, but there was no gender difference found in the association between body shame and sexual assertiveness. It's kind of the same thing. If you get to that place where you're feeling ashamed of your body, whether you're male or female, it's going to make you less sexually assertive because you've got defeating messages playing. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our social media use is also compounding this effect and making us even more isolated sexually. And again, we could kind of get mired in this whole social media topic too. But just, you know, as a funny sidebar, I was happy to see this picture of a woman posted on Facebook of her two kids Mm -hmm. the other day. And it's your classic kind of three-year-old and two-year-old portrait together. Uh, Older daughter, uh, younger son, all dressed up, you know, sitting on some fuzzy surface with the pull-down background behind them. But the beauty Mm -hmm. of the photo was that the girl was screaming her head off and the boy had that pouty sort of, I'm about to lose it too look. And he was just like starting to crawl away, like, get me away from this woman, right? And I'm just like, thank you. Like, that's what our kids were like too. Uh-huh. That's how our photo session went. <laughs> but we never put those normal photos on social media. No, it's always the perfect. Yes. Yeah. And we're recording and, and this the week after Asina, I think that's how you say her name, Asina O'Neill quit social media. So this was an 18-year-old girl who started in her early teens, had this huge following on her social media profiles that was basically based on the beauty of her body. And she finally caved and she's quit the whole social media thing and, and just said, I am not doing that anymore. And here's some quotes from what she said. I've spent the majority of my teenage life being addicted to social media, social approval, social status, and my physical appearance. And Hmm. she went on to say, I spent hours watching perfect girls online, wishing I was them. Hmm. Then when I was one of them, she puts that in quotes, I still wasn't happy, content, or at peace with myself. Wow. Yeah. And this is the reality of our current world. And in the marriage context, it's wreaking havoc on the sex lives of perfectly normal human bodies. Uh, beings. <laughs> Human body. That was an intentional stumble. Because that's my point. Oh. It's like you're normal. Yeah. You're a human being. Why should you have any less of a great sexual experience mm. than somebody with a quote unquote ideal body? Hmm. Okay. So it gets worse from here yet. Oh dear. I want to talk about the impact of pornography on sexual functioning. So Pornography itself is all about sexual objectification. In pornography, women are typically portrayed as objects for men's sexual pleasure and gratification. And this loops back to that self-objectification piece, which is the idea of regarding yourself in terms of physical appearance and taking an outsider's view of your own physique. A big part of this is that wives will fear that their spouse places great value on physical attractiveness. And when their spouse is watching pornography, this fear proves to be true. Mm-hmm. And compounding that is the realization that she can't compete with those people. Yeah. So it like all... Why? Of course a woman's going to feel like this. Yes. It's hopeless for her, right? Yeah. And they've been airbrushed and set up and modeled and had all sorts of surgery and whatever. So that's not real either. No. It's impossible. So it circles back to this issue of sexual self-consciousness and just makes it really hard for her or him not to be sexually self-conscious. And so, not surprisingly, studies show that pornography use is related to lesser sexual satisfaction, which is ironic. Yeah. Because in seeking the idealized sexual experience through the pornography, it actually takes you further away from it. And that's why porn is a lie, because it's completely unable to deliver on what it promises. And it cannot do that because the porn itself is not real people having real intimacy. Hmm. 
So these same researchers in an earlier study, they looked at the female spouse of men using porn. They found that relationship quality was decreased, sexual satisfaction was decreased, and self-esteem was decreased. No surprises. Which, yeah, makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Now, same research is coming back a couple years later. I think one of them got married because she got a hyphenated last name, uh, which is kind of interesting to see. Good for her or him. I don't know. <laughs> in a later study, they looked at the men and they found that these men typically had avoidant and anxious attachment styles. And I'm just going to sidebar here for a moment in case there's a guy listening to this and he's wondering where to start with getting some help. So a- attachment is a big topic, but in itself, just quick summary. Anxious attachment is often associated with the worry and insecurity you carry about yourself. And one example of that can be about my own sexual attractiveness or acceptability. Because the underlying issue for anxious individuals in this context is the worry about rejection. And if, if you're experiencing uh, some anxiety and concern about rejection, I think it's worth revisiting episode 83 where we talk about acceptance versus rejection. We have a bonus download there. For spouses who are especially sensitive to rejection, you can get that at oyf.link slash 83. You're talking to men here, by the way? Uh, well, this can be... This is for husbands? Well, this is, sorry, men and women can experience this. Okay. But the study was looking at the men who had an anxious attachment style. Okay. Yeah. It, which is ironic. Like, that's good. I'm glad you asked because I made the connection clear. If If a husband feels like he's likely to be rejected sexually because of his own insecurities, mm-hmm. he will go to a source where he will never be rejected. Oh. Online pornography. And that's no blame on wives for their husband making that choice. That's about his own anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. not managing and taking care of that properly. But the thing is that by using or even substituting pornography and fantasy relationships for real intimacy, anxiously attached husbands in particular may not have to become vulnerable with a real spouse. It also, it's like, not only does it meet the need, but it's easier to be, you know, fake intimate with pornography mm-hmm. than real intimate with another human being, like where you have to expose yourself, be vulnerable, there's loss of control, mm-hmm. mutuality, all these other things going on, right? Hmm. And the study found that men who display these anxious and avoidant traits, they use porn more often because it allows sexual gratification with no risk of intimacy or being rejected. And this is, you know, this is another spin on the whole other thing related to pornography with the self-objectification where the, the wives can't compete. Mm-hmm. So it's like layer on layer. Mm-hmm. And this is, I guess, what I wanted to go with, Verlinda, here was just to speak to husbands. If you're listening, take ownership here because, yes, these are real pains for you kind of in behind. But you're absolutely destroying your wife if you're looking at porn. It needs to stop. Mm-hmm. And you're killing her and you're killing your marriage. Yeah. And. I'm sorry if that's too blunt for you, but we're also the people who get to talk to the wife mm-hmm. who has thought about the possibility of suiciding even because of her husband's ongoing addiction. So guys, please get help. And again, I'm coming across pretty sternly here, but I do help male porn addicts recover. And in fact, I'm pretty good at it. And when they come to me, they get a lot of compassion and I don't shame my clients. This is I'm where it's a good thing that you're doing the counseling. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you're not in treatment today, you need to be. You need to get help for this because pornography has a huge impact on sexual self-consciousness and this whole body image thing and on sexual functioning. Like not just on his own, but on your wife. On your wife. Yeah. So you should do this for yourself, but you have to do this for your marriage too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we'll cut there, Verlinda, because uh, we're going to release this on a Tuesday and uh, we're over 20 minutes already. We'll release the second half on Thursday. When we And on Thursday, we're going to talk about how to improve your body image and how to improve your sexual satisfaction to try to undo the effects of some of these things. So we just want to respect your time today. 
and call it quits for now. And if you want to get started on the worksheet, just head over to oif.link slash 88 again, or text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. So we'll be back with the rest in a couple of days. Thank you for listening to the only you forever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at only you slash love. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.